Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. We're going to continue here with Brother Stephen Nibali and the update on Uganda. And now uh, Brother Tim Dodd is with us again here. We're just going to continue where we left off last time, Brother Sim. Amen, Brother John. So let's just jump right back into the interview. Last trip, I, I ministered to about 300 ministers from those areas that you're working in. Yeah. In the meetings that you had arranged there. Yeah. Um, and I think about... 1,200 ministers in the meeting that Brother Fred arranged. Yes, sir. And so altogether, that's about 1,500 new ministers that we could say virtually all of them have been in the message less than five years. Yeah, that's true. Now, in your area, hmm. and this is a tough question, Yeah. in the areas that you work in, how many groups, <laughs> churches, fellowships have come into the message over since 2015, which that'll be eight years now, as this awakening has been sweeping to the, through the country, I know it's hard to estimate and we're not trying to number the people, yeah. but just, just to give the listener an idea. How many groups in my area? Hmm. Um, we are talking about, uh, much over 150 groups. Yeah. 150 groups. At least. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we, um, in the original group that we had counted about four years ago, we were talking about 50 groups. Mm -hmm. But these churches, the ministers go out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they've come in during a, a, a dynamic time. Right. Where ministers are going out. It's not uh, you receive the message so that you can sit at home. Mm -hmm. They receive the message and there is something on the inside that they always feel like they want to share. Right. So they are going out and they are going out all the time. Mm -hmm. We get invitations. There's another group down here because they go and testify, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the people that they are working with have got more questions sometimes. So then they say, come over here. We've got another three groups. Come over here. We've got another two groups. Come over here. And so then we start dispatching ourselves into those areas. Mm -hmm. And then we do the best to really get to the bottom of the message. We give out message books and uh, baptize people. So the groups have really multiplied. Right, yeah. right. Amen. That's wonderful. And as, as, as so has also the work, yeah. the burden all of that, and we so appreciate how the Lord is using you, brothers. And we did a separate podcast. I think we did a podcast on it, but maybe a portion of a podcast on Brother Juma. Juma. Because that came <laughs> as the—it was one of the outstanding testimonies. I can't remember if it was the last trip or the trip before, uh, Brother Juma and how God dealt with him and the persecution yeah. that he faced. And it yeah. might be a good time to 
uh, give the people an update because Brother Juma's a young brother whom the, even the police tried to shut him down yeah. and, and so many things happened. So give us the latest on Brother Juma. Uh, you know, uh, the latest, but uh, let me go back a little bit and uh, let me go back a little bit and uh, pick up Juma from the first sure. time yeah. we interacted with him. Okay. Uh, there is a gentleman who was listening to us quite a lot. And uh, this man was the leader of the uh, denominations around. They get among themselves regional leaders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So this man invited us. Uh, and uh, so many ministers in the area came to listen to us. Mm -hmm. But little did he know he was going to get a backlash mm. out of that. Right. So when he went down there, one of the younger men that was really standing so much against what we were trying to teach, uh, I mean, uh, when he heard we were going to the area was Juma. Mm. Juma was trying to mobilize against our visit. Mm. But when we went, Juma, you know, came to the services, prepared to know where we were wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. So he came with his notebook. But later did he know he came to be converted because he was set out, you know, and uh, to oppose what we were going to do. But by the time we left, this man here lost the grip of himself, the man who invited us, mm. because the leaders in that area mm -hmm. kind of put him down. The man that invited you that originally. That he had invited us originally. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't want to have anything to do with us anymore. Okay. Juma came in. Mm. And then he says, this is the truth. Amen. So this young man, Juma, who came to disprove, yeah. now, well, stayed a little bit too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw it was the truth. And put his foot down. Uh -huh. So he went through a lot of uh, trial. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one place he was put out from where he was fellowshipping. He went to another place and then uh, he's uh, rented a place and, uh, you know, put a, a makeshift church. Mm -hmm. uh, it was pulled down. Uh, he tried to go and meet in a certain different place. And, uh, you know, some kind of men of renown in the organization involved the police to stop him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, the district administrator was taken there too. But uh, then the people in the area, you know, they stood and says, there's no problem with this man. Right. Yeah. So the man who is the administrator in the area called him to his office. Mm -hmm. And so he told him, be careful mm -hmm. because all these guys here are not agreeing with you at all. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen to you. Right. Yeah. So he was in danger. He was in danger. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's very funny that uh, one morning he finds uh, uh, his children eating some kind of, you know, donuts, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, it doesn't know where they came from. Mm. Uh, and those kids are hospitalized. My. Yeah. My, my, my. Then after some time, he also goes through the same process. Mm. So we kind of got a bit of, you know, uh, the mission funds to get those people treated. Right. So eventually, by the grace of God, uh, he was able to get uh, a place, a uh, boat, and uh, uh, a structure was built. Mm -hmm. So he was able to get uh, to a place where he can be able to worship freely. Amen. And, uh, you know, that brother Juma, uh, comes from another part of the country, which is a bordering with Kenya now. Okay. So he took Brother James and a few ministers, you know, to kind of go into his home area and the churches that he used to associate with before he moved to where he is. So quite a number of people have been baptized there. And about two weeks ago, he had gone into Kenya again. Mm. There are some other groups there. So he is testifying and preaching to those people. Amen. So uh, we just want to give thanks that uh, Juma had the grace to stand. Amen. And uh, while you speak about Juma, there's another man called Lubeg again. Okay, tell me. This one here. Originally, he was a Muslim. Mm. Then he became a Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing which uh, was astounding was when Brother Wilson uh, started going in that area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, earlier on, as a Muslim, they used to believe there is one God. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he becomes a Pentecostal. Then he now thinks... There are three in uh -huh. the Godhead. Uh -huh. Brother Wilson ministers, and then this man realizes, oh, actually there is one God, mm -hmm. and these three are different offices of the same God. Right. It completely took him back. Mm. And uh, the Lord has used that younger man. About uh, 80 of his people were baptized. Wonderful. And uh, he has organized the minister's fellowship in that area. And Brother Wilson is going there every Tuesday. Mm. And quite a number of ministers. And uh, the last part we sent where the tracker was taking people to baptize right. was actually the people that are believing because of this young man. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We just posted those videos on the pictures and videos on the website. Uh, and so the people can view those pictures yeah. uh, at BibleWay.org, O-R-G, and uh, so they'll be able to see the baptism that you're talking about. Yeah. Just recently, the people were baptized. And so that when how long ago since that brother came in? Uh, that brother's been in about five months. Now. Five months. Yeah. Amen. Just this year. Yeah. My, the Lord never fails to raise up outstanding testimonies yeah. out in those areas. And so... This creates a burden for you in that you have a lot of young ministers, ministers not necessarily young of age, but young in the message. In the message, yeah. And so your burden then becomes to take these people further than just the Godhead and water baptism. That's true. How do you do that? Um, every uh, once in a month, mm -hmm. uh, we've got... Uh, 
a big meeting mm-hmm. that gathers all these ministers together. Amen. And uh, in that big meeting, we are dealing with the solid doctrine of the message. Amen. Yeah, we've covered, you know, quite a number of things in the message. We, we've been going through the understanding of what a church is and what a minister is, the responsibilities of a minister, and mm-hmm. so many different areas right. that are really founding uh, areas that makes a minister. These are the things that I go through, and I take them through what they expect, especially, you know, um, going through uh, Babylon, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the prophecies about the winding up of time, we've gone through quite a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I've come to find out that each time we have that big meeting, it flares them up. Mm. Yeah. Amen. It, you know, like they are so open mm-hmm. to further truth all the time. You know, right. So we've got two places that we normally do these big meetings. Okay. And that's, you know, at Brother Elijah Diogo's church. Right. Or Brother Balita Huntington. Right. Because when you are talking about Brother Balita Huntington's place, the majority of the people there were originally Baptists. Mm. And uh, when you look at those services there, when I'm teaching there, mm-hmm. you'll just see nodding heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then this other side, the majority of them are Pentecostals. Uh-huh. When I'm out there, that's a very loud group. Of <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that. Yes, I've so. noticed that <laughs> in the, some of the videos you sent me, the nodding heads, and yeah. I'm like, oh, these must be the Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Head nodding Baptists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it it uh, reminds me of many times Brother Branham talks about, you know, uh, people that have received the Holy Ghost. He says, there's Methodists here that have received the Holy Ghost. There's Baptists that have received yeah, the Holy uh, Ghost. The, yeah. You know, all kind, lists all kinds of different things there. And that's very, very true. Now, now as you instruct these ministers, obviously uh, a, a large part of the benefit to them let me just take a step back here and just say uh, sometimes people don't fully grasp the necessity of ministers' meetings. I'll, but I'll say I remember when I was a young minister yeah. going and hearing seasoned ministers preach, mm-hmm. whether it be in a public convention like where we met in Edmonton. Yeah. Or whether it be in ministers' meetings like they had here at Cloverdale. Yeah. I can't remember the, the year. 2007. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, that was a different convention. Okay. But uh, they had ministers' meetings at one point. And I remember that they had brothers like Brother Jeremiah, Brother Vin, Brother uh, Lonnie Jenkins, Lonnie, you know, so. different brothers that were ministering solid seasoned ministers as a young minister it really challenged me like you say it really flared up it really inspired me uh and took me to places that maybe uh, maybe i saw it before but just caused me to see the realities of god and i've been in different ministers meetings over the time it's always a blessing 
But I think for these new ministers and the the doctrinal aspect of the message, as Brother Branham said, and you didn't use this term, but I'll, I'll say that what the message is sent to do is to bring rapturing faith in the people. Yes, sir. And Brother Branham says it will take those seven mysterious thunders, mm-hmm. yeah. the revelation of them, yeah. to bring rapturing faith into the church. Yeah. And so it's the mysteries that laid under those thunders, which is the opening of the seals, yeah. that will cause the people to receive the faith for this hour. Yeah. And if we're not ministering the mysteries, it's not a matter of just Godhead and baptism, which are all part of it. But it's all of the things that God opened up in the message of the hour. That's true. That they can. And of course, when you preach, at least I find when I preach, and I'm sure it's the same with you, when you preach to these brothers and they're catching something that they'd never seen before, they don't just take it and walk away. They now dig into the word themselves. That's true. And say, okay, you might have spent five minutes on it in the pulpit. But now they'll go in and spend hours on it, studying the word and listening and reading what Brother Branham had to say and all of those things. I think that's a key inspiration for them Mm -hmm. in these ministers' meetings. And Bible believers, that's that's one of the things that we do is to help you pull these ministers together because uh, I know most of them are dirt poor. Yeah. And they couldn't afford to take a monthly trip to a central place to have a meeting. And so, and besides that, you need to feed them. Yeah. And so all of that comes at an expense that is uh, beyond the capability of most people in Uganda to handle. It's not about us telling you to have ministers meetings, but it's the local burden of the local outreach that That's says, hey, true. we got to have this meeting and we're behind you. And by the help of the people that give to Bible Believers for Missions, that's part of what we're doing in Uganda. Yeah, that's true, Brother Tim. I mean, that's a very wide concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I still was looking at myself way back in 1988 when I was first brought here in mm-hmm. Edmonton. And... Um, Brother Harold trusted me with his pulpit mm-hmm. and I was able to speak to the people. Right. You know, that has always been a humbling experience. Brother Harold, literally, um, I think was more interested in what I was going to become mm. than what I was. Sure. And we also have that kind of, uh, you know, way of looking at people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in this message for the last 45 years now, and I cannot judge the people by what I know. Mm -hmm. But I judge the people by the potentials that they have. Amen. Yeah, so... Uh, we've got a way we've been able to single out certain different ministers mm-hmm. that have got the potential to be a great help sure. in the years to come. Mm-hmm. And so we've sacrificed our Wednesday services and we get those ministers in mm-hmm. and they speak to us. Mm-hmm. I tell you, when you listen to some of them speak, uh-huh. you will not believe 
what you're hearing. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, there is this younger man. Uh, you remember very young little guy that uh, uh, we visited when he was trying to buy this little building. and uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 The young man kind of took uh, to teaching on the seals mm. and he tied the church edges in. Mm. You know, and then it says the first seal ties this age and this age and this age. Then mm-hmm. the second seal, the, you know, you really see that this young man has got uh, something in him. Right. That right. sometimes some of us older believers mm-hmm. have not taken time to tie the message that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when a man is going to preach the seals, mm-hmm. yeah, he will say the white horse rider is this, the second horse rider is that, you know, right. which, you know, everybody else can be able to read and tell. But this young man has got the ability to see behind what Brother Branham is teaching and then he gets into his mind to extract Right. You know, and right. bring it over to the people. So this one here has been um, reached because of those uh, meetings mm. that we normally have. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate the people that stand behind you, Brother Tim. Amen. Because every month we've got to have those meetings because yeah. we are trying to grow a crop Right. That must be constantly watered. Mm-hmm. Amen. You see what I mean? Yep. Yeah, so that we can give them different views, different challenges, mm-hmm. different approaches to build solid ministers out of them. Amen. So I don't really go among these people mm-hmm. because I'm a compromised minister. I'm not. (laughs) I certainly know better than that. Right. But I go among those people because it's a personal responsibility. Amen. It's a burden the Lord has put upon our heart. Right. That something must be given to the people, Mm -hmm. you know. And besides that, you know, in a generation, you know, every generation must have a a, a revival, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like we were speaking the other day, we got some uh, men that Brother Branham, you know, worked closely with Brother Branham right. and they helped the people to identify that Brother Branham had a special uh, ministry, mm-hmm. you know, to catch a special people. Right. And then we've got the people like Brother Ed Bisco and Brother Perry Green and different other ministers helped these people here to identify themselves and make churches out of the ministry of Brother Branham. Mm -hmm. Then after that, there comes up another crop again, which was younger ministers Mm -hmm. then, which are now older ministers now. They felt like out of these people that have gathered, there is an assist of these people digging into the word. Mm -hmm. And that was another generation. So there must come another generation which must help the people to go a little deeper than that and wider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what we are saying here is that we do not want to become another uh, Mennonite group, right? Which is a closed society, right? This message must go out, yes, amen. You know, because it is a, a calling, it's mm-hmm. a 
what we must do. So mm -hmm. there must be some young people that must catch a revelation, mm -hmm. you know, of what this message is for it to go on. Amen. Yeah. So in that angle, we know that the challenge is very big. Amen. And uh, not to say I appreciate the people that have really seen the needs mm -hmm. and given us the books. Mm -hmm. And then they've uh, bought uh, land for different people mm -hmm. and uh, have... Uh, put up shelters for the people to meet in, you know, to, to really make this workable. Because, you know, just preaching out to the people and you leave them there, you are not helping them. Right. But when you get them into teams and uh, you organize churches out of them, I think that uh, we shall have accomplished much by so doing. Right. Yeah. You know, I think it's important for us to understand and lay hold of, and we don't want to evoke criticism here, but while we are not an organization, we need to be organized. That's true. In the way we do things, not in who we are. It's not a hierarchy. That's what an organization <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. It's not a, not a headquarters somewhere. It's not something like that. This is the Holy Spirit working in the body. So when we see a need in the body, such as you've identified new converts coming in, young ministers, men that are rising up. What is the need? The need is that they take a hold of the word and run with the word, run yeah. with the message of the hour. Yeah. And someone has to someone has to help to mentor that, to facilitate that. And I think every pastor that is established in the word of God everywhere has that responsibility. Yeah, that's true. You know, you've been a pastor in the message for many, many years. But what are you doing to help mentor the next generation to run with this message? You see. Take a hold of it and run with it. This is this message is the most glorious thing to hit the earth since the time of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's true. And we're we are getting ready for a rapture. We're not holding on. I think we need to go forward with the sword in hand, riding the power of the word uh, against the Antichrist spirit and just take a hold of everything that God has given us in this hour and so appreciate that brother Stephen, which leads me to the next part and we're going from one part to another to another here yeah. i think yeah. maybe i can interject there before we move on to yep. the next part there yes. um earlier today we were talking with brother michael and, and this is the point he was making is that these are the things that perhaps the people don't get to hear much about because yeah. we hear about the baptism we hear about we see the pictures and the videos how they all line up to get baptized but we're not seeing or hearing much about what brother Stephen is talking about the groundwork that's taking place to really establish uh, these these new ministers in the message. I think to me that's just a blessing to to hear that, and I thank the Lord, Brother Stephen, for the burden yeah. it's placed on your heart to help these new ministers. Yeah, that's the greater part, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the most demanding part. Right. Yeah, it's very easy, you know, to get the people to see certain truths and baptize them. Right. But. You know, what makes a minister is after that. Mm -hmm. To really see that you've brought forth a life that you must be willing to nurture. Right. And uh, it's at that spot where most of the people kind of uh, fear. They, they, they don't want to get into responsibility. Mm -hmm of nurturing up some of these young ministers because, right. you know, we've come a long way. 
You know, some people have been in, in this message for 50 years and some have been eating for 60 years. And when the people are thinking about a believer, they think about what they are now, not what they were 60 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were as uh, low resourcefully, uh, like, you know, these younger men that mm-hmm. are coming in now are. Yes. You know, but uh, sometimes um, uh, we get tempted to judge them against our standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to be nurtured. They need to be given the same grace we received until we came to this age. Right. You see? Yeah. Amen, Amen. Brother Stephen. That's so true, which I think we can share with the people the importance of, we've shared the importance of the meetings, importance of the baptisms, but putting the message into their hands, the translation work and the printing work that's going on, we have, because we didn't know initially um, how many people would be coming into the message, it would have been cost productive to print 50,000 church age books the first time we printed. Yeah, That would have been the cheapest <laughs> way to do it, print 50,000. But we never thought we would need 50,000. Yeah, But not till now we've printed 35,000 and I say we're going to need another 10,000. Soon. Yeah. yeah. And so these are all needs and we appreciate the people but just share with the people the importance of the person the minister and the believers having a church age book and monthly we're printing 5000 actually we've just uh 5000 luganda books for the new believers we've just decided to print some for existing believers so we're increasing our capacity a little bit we're printing 3000 tesso books we're printing 2500 karamajong books we're printing 600 Renu- Kenya Rwanda books for the southwestern part of the region, of the country, rather. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean to the people to get the message in their hands? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know the the word in itself uh, can be interpret interpreted or comprehended in various ways and all these ways are very very vital for the believer Uh, you remember when the message was coming to the gentile church uh, the holy spirit is blessed is he that heareth Mm -hmm. and he that readeth right right so those are two different aspects Mm -hmm. of passing on of the word Right. Some cannot read, but they can hear. Mm-hmm. Some who can hear, they can also read, mm-hmm. which is an added value right. to the word. So, you know, the word is something that is a revelation. But that revelation breaks away either by hearing or by reading. Mm-hmm. So if we really want to really say that we are sustaining what we've given to the people, a person will do better if he has got a book in his hand. Mm -hmm. One, I've seen it when I go to church and I listen to the word. There are certain things that I hear and I'm compelled to go and do a personal research. So if the people have got these books, 
it is a plus for them. Amen. Two, um, they do not uh, only listen, but if they can read, they've got the ability, you know, to know that, well, I've got a resource where I can go to mm -hmm. and get to know better. Uh, so, you know, that's how important it is to have these books. When the people have got the books, they've got more than a person maybe that has had. Right. Because when you hear, you know, the mind, a lot of things go through the mind. And sometimes there is a tendency to forget mm -hmm. most of what we hear. Yeah. But we can register a lot by reading. Right. If a person has got a capacity to read, when you read and you put a mark, I remember, Brother Tim, when I started out with the seven church ages, mm -hmm. I knew which point was between page 10 mm -hmm. and page 20. <laughs> and I knew my mark was in the top left corner <laughs> or the top right corner sure. or down at the bottom here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to have a book. Mm -hmm. Amen. Very, Amen. very important. And uh, not only that, but uh, there are so many things like our new people mm -hmm. uh, that they tend to understand, but they may not be able to explain. Sure. Yeah, without you know, the presence of a book. Mm -hmm. So if they've got a book that they can pass on, they can say, okay, now in this chapter, Brother Branham said this. Mm -hmm. In this chapter, Brother Branham said this. But they don't have the capacity to completely and thoroughly explain it. Sure. So a book is a very, very great backup, you know, Amen. in this ministry that we are involved with. Amen. Mm. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, as yeah. you ministered. Um, there must be a hearing element, and there is a hearing element to it. But many times I look at it myself and say, in the light of the hour, the preacher points to the message. Yeah. He doesn't point to himself. No. He points to the message. The message points to the Bible. Yeah. And it's all connected. Yeah. You know, people say, yeah. people say, well, why, why don't you just have use your Bibles. Well, why do we have preachers? We have preachers because we're commissioned to have preachers. We have message because it's anointed for the hour, yeah. but it all points back to the absoluteness of the Bible yeah. and brings people into the true light of the word of God. I was explaining it to somebody and I've said this more than once, so I won't take time on it, but I said, all of the Bible is true, but for your age, God anoints a particular portion of the word that is going to combat the enemy for your age. Yeah. And if you don't catch that, you won't be able to withstand the devil. Uh -huh. That's true. Because the, uh, the message of the hour under the anointing of the hour is sent to combat the antichrist spirit of the hour. This day. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. So we, we're very thankful to be involved in that, that we're going to be needing to print uh, 10,000 more church-age books for Uganda. And church-age books are about $2 a book to print and land in the country, just so the people know. Um, and so we, we will be doing that uh, as soon as we gather enough funds to do that. 
We also have several other languages, actually, including Atesso and Karamajong, where we want to be printing church-age books. Uh, not maybe as much quantity as the Luganda, but uh, altogether, I think in church-age books, we have printing projects that could be about $60,000 uh, just to share with the people what the needs are in the country. Yeah. On top of the monthly needs, and and Brother Stephen, we have you here so you can confirm this. Um, I don't like to boast about it, but uh, I'll just say, just so the people understand, we don't support ministry. Yeah. We support outreach. Yeah. We support the expenses of outreach. We support sometimes the rental of trucks to get the people to baptisms. Yeah. Uh, we support... Uh, the ministers' meetings, we support uh, the outreach that these brothers, who are themselves quite poor, and but by God's grace, some of them have been able to obtain vehicles. Yeah. And so we might help them with some gasoline yeah. and you know some of the basic necessities to get out into the field and minister to these people that otherwise they would not be able to do. Why don't you confirm that with the people? Yeah, um, thank you, Brother Tim. Um, sometimes there is a tendency to really believe that the funds that you send to the country are personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true that you send funds, mm -hmm. but these funds are not personal. Right. Yeah, because we got to help the brothers reach out. Exactly. Uh, without these funds, the could not be able to, you know, get the gasoline to go out because, you know, the vehicle is a machine. You right. understand what I mean? Yeah. And the least you are supporting of is actually gasoline. Exactly. You are not doing people repair for their cars or, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. Really, do you do that? Yeah. And um, uh, you are not paying, you know, maybe house rents for the ministers involved, you are not buying them the cars, you are not buying the land. Right. And so I think it should really be known that there is no personal gain Amen. for the ministers involved in this awakening. Exactly. These are people that have just fallen in love with what they are doing. And as I said that you try it, you get hooked. Yeah. You don't draw back because there is a joy you know, what you see when a person is submitting himself to this message, there is a joy that goes with it. And so, you know, every week you must be sure that you are going somewhere. Amen. So um, in any case, there is no personal gain whatsoever that we get out of this ministry Amen. that I, we are doing. I only say that so that the people would understand yeah. that because sometimes they might wonder, and we want the people to know that we believe very much in accountability. And I, brother, I'll just say, Brother Stephen, and through Brother James now, yeah. sends reports and pictures, the company, of every penny, where it's spent, yeah. and everything like that. And so it's not easy for you, Brother Stephen, and I know that. it's I not. Know. E it would be much easier if I just gave you X amount of dollars and said, I trust you. It's not that I don't trust you. I know. But because of even the government requirements in the hour that we are living in, we have to prove that to the government, if we're ever audited, 
that the money that we send goes to the purpose that we sent it for. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And we believe that when it comes to ministry, especially pastors, that uh, the local people support their own ministry Yeah. when it comes personally. And so we, we just believe that God does it that way. That's the scriptural pattern. That's what tithes are about. And uh, we believe in that very strongly. But also, you know, I want to say that, uh, you know, it would be wonderful if we had all sorts of funds to do that. But we, we just want to be sure that the, the money is used effectively to reach the, to get the message to the people that are hungry souls, that when we look right down to it, it's the elect of God yeah. predestinated before the foundation of the world to hear this message. And that's what we want to get into their hands. And I also want to acknowledge, Brother Stephen, their Bible way is not, uh, and, and Bible believers is not the only people that are supporting uh, different aspects of things happening. I know brothers have received cars, vehicles, yeah. because some church somewhere bought them a car. I say, yeah. God bless that church. Yeah. And some brother, some pastor somewhere felt burdened for a certain brother and maybe helped him to, he already has a church, but helped him to, you know, maybe finish it or repair it or something. I say, God bless those those pastors, those churches that are helping people in Uganda and around the world. Yeah, uh, We appreciate that so much. It doesn't have to all come through Bible believers, I but know. we do what we can by the grace of God to help in this awakening that's happening in Uganda. Well, this has been wonderful, Brother Stephen, and we're so glad to have had you here. So this is the end of our interview with you, Brother Stephen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with, not just being with us, we enjoy your ministry and enjoy is not the right word. We are blessed by your ministry. Praise the Lord. And blessed by you personally, just Thank to you. be around you and the outlook and the presence of God that you have in your life. But I also want to say uh, we appreciate you just taking the time to sit down with us and talk about what's going on in Uganda. Thank you, Brother Tim. And uh, to all the people that have been listening to us, hope and I trust that what you've had will really give you a right view or a brighter view of what God is doing with us in the country of Uganda. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Stephen. And I, I just want to say to those listeners, I trust that it's been a blessing to you. We get hours and hours with Brother Stephen. I've, I've personally spent days and days with him. And I can say here today, and that's why I'm saying this, after you speak, not before, but uh, I can honestly say today, it's been a blessing to me to walk with a man of God that I know as Brother Stephen Abali. A personal blessing and a real encouragement in my life. So thank you, Brother Stephen. Thank you to the listeners. I know this will be a blessing to you, and we appreciate you so much. Pray for the country of Uganda. We appreciate all that you do for Uganda. Brother Stephen, it was a pleasure having you here. And to our listeners, thank you again for listening. And I just want to say that if you wanted to go to BibleWay.org.org, you'll be able to enjoy the services that Brother Stephen has ministered for us here locally. Until the next time, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. 
This was another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in more podcasts and more content as it pertains to mission, please go to our website at BibleWay.org. That's BibleWay.org. And subscribe to our newsletter. We will make sure that we send you updates on a weekly basis of the works that the Lord is doing all over the world. Additionally, you can send us an email at info at Bible-Believers.org. That's info at Bible-Believers.org. And once again, we'd like to thank you for your support. This podcast would not be a success without you. Until next time, may God bless you.